Welcome to the BG Cast, a podcast seeking to bring the battleground community and schools together. My name is David, and I'll be your host for this journey, and I'll be joined each week by Denny Waters, the Battleground Public School District Superintendent. Our goal is to bring the voice of the schools to the community and the voice of the community to the schools. We'll be talking about the many things that make BGPS such a great district, hearing stories from students and staff, and shining a spotlight on some of the hidden treasures you may not know about. We'll also be covering some of the challenging and controversial topics that bubble to the surface around the Battleground community. In this episode, we'll be talking with Denny about coherence, what it is and what it means for the future of the Battleground School District. Our spotlight will feature Sydney and Ricardo, the student representatives on the school board. We'll be playing the game Gift or Curse. But first, we're going to start off with this week's top 10. All right, we're here with uh, the top 10 for this week. Great. And, uh, Very excited yeah. to hear this. <laughs> I hope you don't throw things at me. <laughs> no. Um, so this is the, the top 10 uses for Denny's old staff meeting agendas. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> I can hardly wait. <laughs> so number, number 10, shred them and use them in your flower garden. Yeah, that's probably happening already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hopefully that happens after, after they're used in the meeting, not yeah. before. Number nine, have a paper airplane contest in the gym. Mm-hmm. First class to get through all 700 pages yeah, wins. Yeah, uh, You know, uh, speaking of paper airplane contest, Tukes Valley Middle School, or yeah, Tukes Valley Middle School just had a paper airplane contest. Did they? Yeah, and I, I went out there and I challenged the, the overall school winner. Nice. Um, to, to, you know, the, uh, the championship, mm-hmm. and I got you toasted. got creamed. Yeah, yeah, I got <laughs> toasted. <laughs> yeah, where... Um, back in the day, where we're sitting used to be a balcony, yeah. and the youth group used to have paper airplane contests from the balcony down yeah. to the yeah. down to the stage. Yeah, I'd made a paper airplane in probably you know fifteen twenty years. Do you make the triangular one? Yeah, I tried. I yeah. just yeah, it was uh, it wasn't Tukes Valley Middle, it was Tukes Valley Primary. Okay. So so I got beat by, by a fourth grader. Good, good. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> that keeps you humble. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, he, he was really good. He even right. showed me his technique afterwards okay. and it was it was quality so he's generous too willing yes. to share his, yes he shared his yeah. secrets with me so you know whenever this happens again <laughs> you'll be able to, i'll be ready yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna put an initiative forward that every school needs to have a paper airplane contest yeah so you can win it right <laughs> <laughs> number eight use them to soak up spills in the break room uh-huh yeah yeah i don't i don't know how good paper is it soaking up but yeah, that's i'll start least. writing my agendas on um on paper towels there you go <laughs> Number seven, cut out and rearrange the words to make a, doc- a doctor's excuse from all staff meetings. Mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. That'd be at least uh, <laughs> some of my agenda notes back in the day. <laughs> um, take them, take them home, read them to your kids, help them fall asleep faster. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> I like that. Number five, put them in the bottom of your bird cage. Mm. Does anyone have birds anymore? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a good question too. <laughs> Seemed to be like pretty popular yeah. back when I was growing up. Yeah, but. me too. My grandmother had a canary. Yeah. I always remember. That. Did it sing? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I never under- understood the point of having a bird in the house. I mean, you've yeah. got birds outside all the time, so, yeah. so why yeah. do we need to bring them inside? <laughs> but, 
<laughs> Good we, point. We get the we have a bush right outside our bedroom window, and these birds will get in there at four o'clock, you know, in yeah. the summer morning, and yeah. just start chirping. And I, I'm not very kind at that point in time to birds. Yeah. I have a little pond right outside my front door, and we have the same thing going on with frogs. Right. They are so loud. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Our neighbor has a pond. It's like the frog choir. Yes. It's yes. just amazing yes. the it volume is. they can come it up is. with. Let's see here. Number four, make a district pool for how many times he says coherence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I probably shouldn't say this, but I do believe that there is a form of bingo going on <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And somebody shouts out right, right. in the middle. Bingo. Of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's uh, like like guys uh, in in church sermons listening to sports, you know, and mm-hmm. just cheering in the middle of sermon. Yeah. Um, number three, use them as decorations for prom. <laughs> well, there's a, probably some way to do that. Number two, use them to re-roof the middle schools. Yeah. Prob- yeah is there enough enough to get yeah, enough layers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. probably <laughs> probably more than enough. Right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, number one. Drive it up to the DOT scales on I-5 and see if you have to pay a fine for being overweight. (laughs) Very good. (laughs) All right. Well, for our our spotlight in this episode, we've got Sydney, who's a senior, and Ricardo is a junior. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How about you? Good. Well, they serve two-year terms, non-voting terms, on the board as student representatives, and uh, they contribute, what, you contribute to student voice? We contribute to student voice and then voting on some policies and what we believe should happen and giving our input on those. Okay. And so every year they choose a new student. I was just figuring this out right before we started recording. Yes. And so, Sydney, you were on there last year, and your (laughs) first year was... During COVID, mm-hmm. what was that like? It was a little different. You know, I was seeing everybody through Zoom. I had my, you know, recognition on Zoom, my swore-in on Zoom. <laughs> um, it was all Zoom. And so it was a little difficult because I felt like I was on the school board, but I wasn't getting that full experience until my senior year. How did you swear in on Zoom? Um, Denny could speak to this. Um, so we had like, I got the paper with what I was going to say and Denny was on the other side. I was on one side and I was hand, my right hand up reading back everything. And then I swore in. Okay, cool. And Ricardo, this is your first year. Yes. So that everything's still new and fresh and exciting and fun for you. It's been, uh, it's been a pleasure so far. I've been enjoying it a lot. Yeah. Well, my first question for you today is... What two animals would you like to have switch the sounds they make? If you could choose two animals and the sounds they make, and you had to switch their sounds, what two animals would you choose? That's a good question, actually. I should use that more. Um, (laughs) Ooh, that's tough. There's all kinds of animals, all kinds I of different sounds. I would say I'd switch like a lion or a cheetah with a koala. A lion, a lion with a koala. So like the koala opens its mouth and this fierce roar comes out mm-hmm. and scares all the other. Like just yep. one koala does it though. Like not yeah, the rest of the it's just, just a special koala. A special koala, yep. yeah. And so he goes out to chew on some bamboo or whatever koalas do all day long. It opens his mouth to talk to his buddies and out comes mm-hmm. this. Yeah, that'd be kind of funny. I'd say probably like a horse and a sheep. 
a horse and a sheep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. So, so what comes to your mind when, when you picture, picture a horse sounding like a sheep? There are like use, herds use and your flocks drama. of sheep coming, you know, all around this horse that's talking like a sheep and, and they're all confused. Yeah. Um, you know, if a horse went up to me and was like, bah, like, <laughs> I'm going to be confused and I'm going to actually like start enjoying horses more. So, yeah, yeah, that sounds fun. All right. On to the next question. Um, so we've, we've talked about what it was like last year, Sydney, for you, what has been your favorite part of school so far this year? Same more involvement in general from students, um, especially like coming out of COVID, a lot of students are starting to like care a lot more about school and like mm. the aspect and the social aspect of it. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. So, so did you feel like it took a little while for, for the social aspect of school to start bubbling up a little more? Oh yeah. A hundred percent, especially with like the masks. Mm. It, it's like harder to like gain like a perspective perception of someone um but it's also like really fun to like try to decipher everything right (laughs) it's hard to see if someone's smiling or mad or something when the with the mask right yeah yeah and then if you haven't met these people like you know i I met i met denny who's sitting over here in the room with (laughs) us today and all of my first interactions with him were with a mask on and then just recently i just saw him without without the mask and it was totally you know wait a second this this feels wrong like it feels like i'm seeing a part of your face that i'm not supposed to be seeing and just it caught me off guard for a little bit but then oh now i can tell if you're smiling or if you're if i'm displeasing you so yeah yeah i'd say that I'm a little guilty of really not going to school, but I am still going to school. I'm full-time running start. Oh, okay. I I was going to say, like, you're representing the school, the students on the school board, (laughs) and you don't go to school. I don't know if that makes you a good representative. (laughs) So I'm full-time running start, so I'm really not at any of the high Mm -hmm. schools, unless, of course, I come to visit. Um, And I'm fully online. So I didn't want to go into the college campus at right. all, so I chose online classes. Okay. So I just kind of, you know, hang out with the dogs at home and <laughs> enjoy life. So your fellow classmates are canines? Yeah. Okay. And a so, cat. And a cat. And a cat. Great. Well, um, so, so what issue are you most proud of that you've worked on with the school board? I would say getting student voice out there. Um, when we went to the WASDA conference, it was... The an, what conference? WASDA. So WASDA. Washington. That's one of the things that... I, I'm, I'm kind of starting to come into this world of school, and there's Washington State School Directors Association. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, he's, I'm learning all these acronyms. I need to start um, writing them down. When we went to WASDA, it was... You know, it was my first time being there. Um, It was super awesome because they actually cared about the student's voice. Mm. And there was a whole entire segment segment on student voice. And it, the person, like, organizing it literally said, don't talk. The students are going to (laughs) talk. And they had to sit there and listen to us. And then at the end, they got to ask us questions. And, you know, just understanding that student voice is way more powerful than many people think it is. Yeah. And that's something that we've really tried to implement it 
in our agenda and just trying to make sure students are getting their voice heard. Good. Yeah, to add on to what like she said, uh, in the room, in that uh, little workshop that we had, um, there was like a whole panelist section and, you know, we got there like one question and then that derived into like a whole bunch of other questions. And like, it was really just like a conversation between all of us. And it was like a really special moment and it felt like we were all connected together. Mm-hmm. So cool. that was really nice. Good. You two also played a, an important role in an event that happened this last year with uh, the school levy. Yes. Yeah. You want to tell us about that? Yeah. Um, we have we made an uh, entire new like Instagram for it. Originally, it was just to like shout out and like sponsor the levy, but now it's more towards like information for like all the schools and like trying to help like put out stuff. Like right now, River Home Link, uh, they're using Prairie High School uh, to, you know, do their drama stuff. And I think they're doing Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. Hmm. And uh, during that time, it was like really, it was like a really hectic time in my schedule because I had, uh, I had like all the Levy stuff. And then I also had uh, a musical that we were doing. So that was also really fun. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Cool. Um, to add on to more of what we did, we had an interview with KGW. Um, wow. It, it wasn't the actual like full-on KGW. It was the like prerequisite one, the prerequisite show to actual KGW. I think it's KGW. At, I don't remember what it is. It's still fun. That's still an exciting thing to go to. <laughs> We also went to like, we went out marching for the levy too. Yeah, the marching. And then we went marching and um, we were hanging up our little signs and everything. Falcon. (laughs) And then um, I think it, I don't remember which one, but we got on someone's phone and it was like for the battleground, something committee for the battleground public schools. And like we were taking videos of everything that was happening and everything like that. So. So overall, it sounds like it's been a great experience. You're sad to see it end, probably. I'm super sad. Yeah, I wish it was like a four-year term. <laughs> I'm sad to see you go. I'll come back. I'll come volunteer for a little bit. Yeah. There you go. Any Anything else you guys want to say about your experience on the school board before we wrap it up? Uh, I'm just going to, I'm really happy with this group right now. Like everyone a part of like the school board, um, everyone is like very connected and it's really sweet and it's really wholesome and I very much enjoy it. And I'm really going to be sad when Sydney goes. <laughs> Stop. I'm going to cry. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to prepare myself not to cry when I get like the plaque at the end. Um, I'm trying so hard like hmm. to not cry, but I think the it's main, okay if you do, you know. I know it's okay, but <laughs> I, you know, we're going to have to go on to a further school board meeting and I don't need like, just wear black, water, wear black water streets makeup down day. my face. <laughs> Anyways, I think that, you know, I'm just thankful for the group hmm. that I've been with. Um, it's been amazing. All the regular directors have been so accepting of us. And I think Mark and, you know, everybody else has been really accepting of us and understanding that our voice matters. Hmm. And I think that's something that's going to further on. And I'm really happy that it's going to further on. Good. Yeah. Well, Ricardo, 
Sydney, we appreciate you both. We appreciate what you're doing on the on the board, also what you're doing in the schools and the the positive voice you bring there as well. I'm sure, based on my interaction, I'm sure you're an encouraging voice, whoever you're around. So thank you so much for, for all the work that you do, and thanks for joining us today. Thank, thank you so you. much. All right, uh, so we're gonna have a little, little more fun before we get into into our topic for today. This is this is a game called gift or curse. Is this is this item a gift or a curse? So somebody gives you this gives you this present and and you receive it and and you have to decide. Okay, is this is this a good thing to have? Am I glad this happened? Do, do you explain the circumstances, or I just develop that? No, you can I, create all that. Okay, yeah. I create all that in yeah. my mind. Yeah. So so okay. the first one is a journal for two. So someone gives you a journal, but it requires two people's participation. You know, yeah, that's maybe. a that's a curse yeah. for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> My wife would really enjoy that, uh-huh. but I, I don't think yeah. I'd keep my end of the bargain. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't think I have anybody in my life who would enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was an easy one. Yeah. I'm going curse good, all the way. Good. Uh, a wood and marble appetizer serving platter. You know, really huh. nice, yeah. fancy wood yeah. and marble yeah. serving platter. That's a gift. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm into the whole appetizer, you know, invite people over yeah. and, you know, you want it to look classy. Mm-hmm. So I could go with that. Yeah. Yeah. So we probably wouldn't use it that much. So it would just be getting thrown around, be getting in the yeah. way. So it would be, be in that drawer or that cabinet in your house that has those things. Right. <laughs> that, you know, you pull out on Thanksgiving. Right. Yeah. Right. The, the once or twice a year yeah. things or yeah. Pull, yeah. Go, go down to the yeah. basement. But we have plenty here. of those. We have a lot of, you know, a lot of China and dishware that fits in the same yeah. category yeah. so yeah it can just sit, sit right next to those <laughs> champagne flutes gift or a curse I, I'm, a, I'm a champagne fan yeah yeah i, I see the occasion and i, I you, think if you're gonna drink champagne it should be in a flute you need to have it in, <laughs> in, in, in a not flute. in a mug no not right <laughs> not not in a mug or a can or okay. you know, something so, like that so that's a gift okay yeah, yeah. so we're mug people like, okay yeah yeah yeah. Those, yeah. Those. No, no judgment on my part. Just, <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. Flute. Yeah. Uh, woven picnic basket. Yeah, I'm gonna say that's a curse. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody yeah. gave us one of those for for our wedding. We've never used it once. Yeah. Yeah. In was, 20 years. Yeah. So. Yeah. If I'm going on a picnic, I'm probably just stuffing stuff in a in a cooler. Right. Yeah. Right. Because yeah, it that. actually right because a function. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, thank you for saying that. Right, it serves yeah. a purpose. I got but... a wicker basket. Of, I think I won it at an auction one time, a wicker basket, and it came with its own plates and own forks mm-hmm. and, you know, own plastic yeah. cups and stuff for picnics. Yeah, and, we did too. Yeah. And, That's what this and, was. And mine was the same. I don't think we ever used it. I think we eventually, because when you have kids, you, your silverware seems to disappear. Right. So we pulled the silverware out of it right. <laughs> and never used anything yeah. else. Yeah, good. <laughs> now, let's see, personalized coffee mug. Yeah, see, I'm not a coffee guy to start with. Right. And, and no, no, I'm saying, saying yeah, no. Curse, yeah. Like if it says like number one superintendent or something <laughs> like that, you know, instead of number yeah. one dad. World's best superintendent. Yeah, world's best superintendent. Yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> yeah. 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 If anybody's listening right. out there. <laughs> <laughs> you can send it to the district office. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I, I'd be, I don't know, I'd be on the fence with that one because... It's fun to get coffee mugs, but then you get so many coffee mugs. Yeah. What do you do? With yeah, them? you yeah. have you have a, a ton of coffee yeah. mugs, and you lo- you use three of them. Right. Yeah. Know, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. All right. 
A date night in. Gift or a curse? Oh, that's a gift. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a yeah. gift too. Yeah, yeah. Especially my situation with my wife being gone. So right when we're when we're you know when we're home when she's back from a trip and we have an evening together, it's nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely gift. Let's see a Flint coaster set. <laughs> yeah. Not a coaster guy either. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm just going to say curse yeah. on that. That would just be sitting around. Yeah, someone gave us a Flint coaster set. I don't remember who did it. I don't think they'll ever listen to this podcast. We have it. We use it. But I hate the sound when you put a glass onto Flint. Mm-hmm. It's like nails on a chalkboard, yeah. you know, so yeah. it feels like a curse. Like this person gave it to us just to torture us for a while. So what's beginning to become apparent to me from, you know, as you read these off is that this really has some personal connections <laughs> for you. Right. Yeah. That's why I chose all <laughs> right, these. Right. So <laughs> To vent my frustrations. Maybe, yeah. Good. I'm glad, I'm glad we could, you know, be, be cathartic for yeah, you. Yeah. That's yeah. helpful. I appreciate yeah. that. Uh, let's see here. Vanilla scented candle. I, I enjoy a good candle. Yeah, I do too. You know? Yeah, so I would. That's a gift. Yeah, vanilla. I like vanilla. I like most scents, but there are some that you know that. Yeah. Too perfumey. Yeah, yeah, me too. But, but but I'd go with that. Quesadilla maker. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, another one of those things. Right. I'm just gonna say I'm gonna say curse. Yeah, it's, it's fun when you when you use it the yeah, one time the one a year. Time you use it, right. right? And then you realize that you can actually make quesadillas pretty easily right. without it. And so, what's the bother right. of searching through the cabinet to right. find that darn right. thing? Yeah, so we'll put it out in the next garage sale. Yes, yes. All right, last one: handmade ceramic dinnerware. <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs> I'm gonna say curse on yeah. that one as well. Yeah, yeah, I don't have any handmade ceramic no. dinnerware, but you can't wash it. You can't put it in the no. dishwasher. Get, you know, you know I, I'll be honest. Give me a good paper plate, yeah. <laughs> and I'm exactly. I'm all over that. Yeah, a quality, any, a quality paper plate. Yeah, it, yeah. It's no washing, right? Or, so you're saving right. water. Yes, and yes. it decomposes. It decomposes, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So there you go. Yeah. So good. All right. Well, uh, one of the one of the things I, I've picked up is there's there's a word you use, and it's, yeah. it's a system. Yeah. And it's this word coherence, mm-hmm. and um, it's it's an important word to you at least. Yeah, very important. <laughs> yeah. And, and that and I think to the district to yeah. some extent, I right. think people are starting to see the benefit. Yeah. Of it. Right. So what is coherence? Let's talk about that. Yeah. Well, before we get into co- coherence, let me give you some insight into the way. Um, into the world of education, okay. Because I think that's that's important. I said, I, I, you know, literally, there are hundreds, if not thousands, of ideas about you know how to how to get the work done right in education. You know, we have we have best practices and programs and initiatives. You know, mm-hmm. and, and everybody's you know coming out with 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 new things. Right. It's, it's almost as though the you know, the answer to solving the mystery of education is, you know, right around the corner, you mm-hmm. know. And um, what... This is the silver bullet. Yeah, the silver yeah. bullet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, the, that's, the, that's actually the term that we've used, you know. And that's actually in, in the book. Coherence is a book that was written by um, Michael Fullan. Okay. And, um, I ordered it. I haven't read it yet. Yeah. And, and Fullan is one of the leaders in, in educational reform. Um, so it's a great book, and and he, you know, that's how I I stumbled across that, um, and and he actually uses that term silver bullet, you okay. know, and I think uh, you know what what 
anybody in education will tell you is that you know it is very easy to get overwhelmed and lose sight of what you're trying to do right because of all these initiatives right, yeah. i mean we even use the term initiativeitis right you know <laughs> i mean that's it's just this this part of our world right um so when i came to district office um 10 years ago i came to district office and i my first position at district office was the executive director of special services mm-hmm. um it was really an eye opening experience for me because we would have these you know big leadership meetings and you know every every director of every department would sit in these meetings mm-hmm. and um you know we would go around the table and it would be you know kind of what are you working on right and everybody would have their opportunity to spout, well, you know, we're working on this and, you know, we're working on this and mm-hmm. we're working on this and we're working on this and we're working <laughs> on this. And, you know, by the time it would get to you, you almost felt guilty for saying, well, we're working on this because you realize that all of these things that you were working on, somebody was going to have to be implementing mm-hmm. them. Oftentimes it was the buildings and it was the staff that right. were doing it. Right. And, and it was almost like we were competing against each other, right? Almost like we were, you know, we were in some kind of uh, 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 of competition or justification for our jobs. <laughs> um, and then, what was even scarier than that is, then you would have to because then you would have to go out to the buildings. And you were almost like a, a salesman, mm-hmm. you know, you'd say, hey, you know, yeah. I've got this thing and I'm hoping you'll, <laughs> you know, you guys will jump right? in and do this. And, yeah. and, and imagine, imagine how you could make a difference if you, yes. if you just helped do it, yes. do this. Yeah. Yes. You know, and on your way out, you saw the tech director walking right. <laughs> in to talk about his initiative right, that yeah. he wanted the building yeah. to do, you know? Um, and so. And so it was really clear, and just from even having conversations with building administrators and from listening to to teachers, you mm-hmm. know, they were just like, you know, we're overwhelmed. We just want to do the work that you know we we we've always wanted to, to do, right? Um, you teach know, the students, which is teach the students. <laughs> yeah, and, and and so it was with that mindset that that we really decided, you know, we've we've got to limit the things that we're really focused on, you know? So what is the most important work? Mm. And that's where coherence came in. And if you just think of the definition of coherence, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's about making sense of, of things, you know, if something is coherent, it, it makes sense. It fit, it all, it all fits together. together, Right. It all comes together. So that, that was really the impetus Mm -hmm. behind the work that we were doing. Um, I remember, and, and this was, you know, it was the year before COVID. And, and so if anyone can remember what that is, yeah, what, what yeah. life was like back in the, I know I, <laughs> I was talking to somebody the, the other day about, about that very subject, you know, just as a side right, note. Yeah. And, um, you know, I even have a hard time again, figuring out like, when was COVID? When did it start? Because then it was before <laughs> that. And right. you know, so we, it was probably back in, in 2000, you know, 17 or so that we started this work and we started it at the district level. You know, I, I became, um, after I left, um, as the executive director of special services, I became the deputy superintendent mm-hmm. and it was my job to run what we call our teaching and learning meetings. So you were like the Barney Fife of the, yeah, right. right. I had a badge. Yeah. And I, I, uh, you got one bullet in your yeah. pocket. Hey, you're allowed to use. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> but it was my job. Me and Mark Ross, who was the superintendent before me, said, you know, what I, what I really want to focus on is I really want to focus on instruction. So then it was a matter of, okay, well, how do we focus on instruction? And there was a realization that, you know, we just can't say, okay, guess what? Now we're going to focus on instruction. Right. Along with all these, you know, <laughs> other dozens of things right. that we were, we were trying to work on. And it's important. I mean, it really is important that none of the things that, that we were trying to do were bad ideas, mm-hmm. you know. And, and there's, there's, there's a lot of... Um, you know, they're they're put out there with the purpose of of making the right changes. Mm-hmm. It's just that when you throw them all together, it just becomes overwhelming. Right, right. So, so we really looked at all of those initiatives. You know, we really kind of looked at it and, and said, you know, yeah, this is important, but do we need to be doing this? Mm-hmm. Do we need to be doing this? And and more so than you know, do we need to be doing this? Is how do they connect? Right. You know, because they should. Again, they should they should make sense, mm-hmm. um, and it was with that 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 we started to clear the table, mm-hmm. so to speak, and say, "No, we're going to move that off to the side." Um, you know, in the book, in the coherence book, mm-hmm. Fullen actually even talks about. It. He says, "You know, we realize that there are things that you know initiatives that you have to do, and things that school districts have to work on." Um, because there might be federal requirements, right. or they might be state requirements, mm-hmm. or you know, they just might be the the house cleaning things, the items that you have to do because it just keeps you running. Right. But he said, in terms of effort, you know, and in terms of the amount of time that you spend on those, he even talks about the idea of it being C minus work for those things. Mm. That you know, you do those things, you meet a level of compliance right. to make sure that you've done them, but really, you focus on the work. That is important, right? So, so we came up with some ideas. We we then formed a coherence committee okay. in the district, and we got representatives from all the different uh, groups from mm. our from our teachers, mm-hmm. from our from our administrators, from our classified employees, and we brought them together in a coherence committee, and we talked about okay, what is it? What is the key work that we should be doing? The two things that that we settled on mm-hmm. was one is we need to be taking care of the the social emotional needs right. of of our students mm-hmm. and 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 this really came about because you know if people will remember in the district um, probably now it goes back uh, seven eight years ago mm-hmm. in the battleground school district it might have even been before you know you were around right. but we had a series of 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 suicides right. And, and it was, you know, it was even t- termed as a cluster event, you mm. know, because there were, there's so many in a short wow. period of time. I believe we had six or seven mm. in the span of a little less than 18 months. Mm. And so one of the things we knew was we knew we needed to focus on that. Right. So that became a priority for us. Right. Um, the second thing was, again, going back to Mark's idea and, and and I think the reason we all became educators in the first place was this idea of instructing, you know, and 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 of kids being able to learn. And, yeah. You know, that's why we go into this profession right. is because we want to make a difference with kids. Mm-hmm. And those two made sense because what we what we know what what every what everybody will tell you in education is that kids can't learn 
until they're in the right space. Right. Yeah. You know, until they're in the right place. They mm-hmm. got they need to they need to be in the right mind frame. Mm-hmm. You know, they need to they need to feel safe. They need to feel um, you know, connected. Uh, they need to feel respected. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not just kids either. It's just right. it's people, you know, when you right. when you've got when you when you're going through a traumatic situation or you know um, if you're if you're living if if you're just trying to survive, yeah, you know, and uh, yeah. some of the families we've worked with over the years, where where they just they don't have enough income to make ends meet, and so then right. they have to go out and find food, right. and they have to make sure that they're going to get enough hours right. so that they can cover rent, and if they can't cover rent, then they have to go find some help for yeah. rent, and then your whole mindset just revolves around surviving, and right. you don't have the time to think about how do I move forward. Right. Well, and imagine that the the, the kid is in right. that family, right. that yeah. same situation. That mm-hmm. that child is in that family, and that child is seeing the stress that it's causing right. their parents, mm-hmm. or maybe it's a single parent home. And then they come to school, and all of a sudden, you know, we're putting you know math and English in right. front of them and <laughs> right. saying, "Hey, you know, this is important." And you know, they're hungry, yeah, or they, they're they they're haven't tired eaten all weekend, or, yeah. right? Yeah. Those types of things. So, taking care of the social emotional needs of our students is is of primary importance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you get kids in the right frame of mind, then then the focus on instruction. Right. And I I've always thought if you if you go around and you and you look at strategic plans or plans from other school districts, you'll see a, a lot of the same ideas, mm-hmm. those same ideas. Um, but you'll often see when it comes to learning, you'll see it. Um, focused on learning, you know, all students will learn or, you know, and, and for us, it was all about high quality instruction. And and that's because that was purposeful mm-hmm. on our part, because I really believe that um, there's power in that to our staff to say that to them, you right. know, th- this is, this is how much weight you carry. Mm-hmm. This is how much influence you have. Right. And that ability to affect change with kids and to have kids learn, um, we didn't want to place it on, you know, we didn't want to place it on on kids and mm-hmm. say, you know, you, you see that too sometimes in education. Well, I taught it. They just didn't <laughs> learn it, you know. And, right. that, and that wasn't the approach. And, yeah. and, and, and what I saw from, from our staff is that they embraced that idea. Mm-hmm. So then it was just a matter of once we identified those key categories— it was a matter of of figuring out well what are then what are the initiatives that we're going to put under those categories in order to make sure that we get this work done and those are the initiatives right. those are the best practices yeah. those are the ideas we're going to put our time and energy into to see if we can really affect change and it's that part of the the work that is really exciting. And so, you know, when I talk about the vision of this district mm-hmm. and when I talk about the priorities of this district and when I talk about the future of this district and I get excited right. and I get passionate about <laughs> yeah. it, it's because I really do believe that through this coherence lens that we focused our energy and our efforts on the right things right. now. Yeah. So, so once we came up with these, as I as I as I kind of mentioned, it was then just figuring out, okay, what's what's the work that needs to be right. done under that. So so those two kind of the functioning as a as a sieve to run everything through, right? right. And if it doesn't meet the criteria, right. it's out, right? And that's and, and and that's really the idea, you know. When we sit in meetings now, 
and someone, you know, raises their hand and brings <laughs> forth an idea. Yeah. And they say, hey, you know, I was just reading about this and that, you know, mm-hmm. this book or this, or I just went to a conference and I heard this, or, you know, the state's saying that maybe we should do this. Mm-hmm. That's our filter. Right. It goes right back to that. And it says, you know, does it fit in there? Is it about a safe and caring culture and climate? You know, mm-hmm. um, is it about social emotional supports for kids? Right. Is it about high quality instruction? And then more importantly is, does it fit in? And then the third question that we're always asking now is, do we have the capacity to take this on? <laughs> or is it just going to overwhelm us? Right. Yeah, that's a good question. Too. Yeah. Well, because it's easy. I mean, you, you know, you, if I wanted to. I could I could rationalize again. I could easily find myself back in the box mm-hmm. where we're taking on a hundred different things because I can say, yeah, that that's kind of related to that, and <laughs> oh, yeah, that's kind of related yeah. to that, and 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 here we go again. Right. And, and I was again, just doing that in my head, like, well, I I, I could justify still a yes, lot of things through those yes, two criteria. You can justify but, a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So you you you, but you always got to ask that question. Mm-hmm. You know, where do we have the capacity? To take on one more thing. Right. And so for us, you know, under social emotional learning supports, you know, number one for us is there's a system out there called positive behavioral interventions and supports. Number one, a lot of research behind it. And it's just about it's just about working with kids in a in a real productive manner and really setting up systems for buildings. Mm -hmm. And so all of our schools do PBIS. Mm -hmm. And and what you find is that, you know, if you set up some consistent rules and expectations Mm -hmm. for kids. 80% 80% of the kids will follow those rules, right. especially if they're reinforced mm-hmm. and you reinforce kids for, for doing that. Right. You know, when, when Positive kids are, right. Yeah. When kids are polite, when kids are responsive, when kids are engaged, you know, you acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's about, you know, there's pro- pro- you got, you got your 80% that are following that. You've got your 15%. Um, you got 20% last. Mm-hmm. 15% of those are what we call our tier two kids. Okay. And those are the ones that need a little bit of extra help mm-hmm. and support. So we have systems in place that are going to help those students mm-hmm. get to that next level. And then your last 5% are the ones that really, really would struggle with it. Mm-hmm. And, and those are the ones that you have to put some, you know, additional efforts into place. Those are our tier three kids. Mm-hmm. And what we have found, especially at our at our primary schools, where, you know, this is the work started there for right. us. So we're a little bit ahead of the game mm-hmm. there. Is that you look at those tiers for us and and all of our all of our primary schools are meeting those fidelity levels. Mm-hmm. And that's really exciting work. Yeah. Um, beyond beyond our PBIS system. We wanted to make sure we had mental health supports in place at the schools. So, you know, prior to the last five years, and I don't know if people realize this, we didn't have counselors at our primary schools. Hmm. So all of our schools now have primary school counselors. We also um, created a a partnership with um, Children's Center, which is a mental health um, provider in Hmm. in the county. And Children's Center... Um, has we have a direct contact. Each of our schools is assigned a mental health therapist, hmm. and we work with our families. We identify kids who might need those extra supports, mm-hmm. and and they can get those services, hmm. and they can get those services directly. And we have mental health providers that are in all of our schools. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say, you know, in all transparency, that the pandemic has 
that's been a challenge, right? And not just on our end, but mm-hmm. on the end of um, of of Children's Center as right. well, because you know it's just it's a it's escalated. A, yeah, there's an escalated need, so that's out there, and then it's just difficult to find people, and they've had to work, they've had to work remotely, mm. and. But with the end of the pandemic in sight, mm-hmm. um, if we're not already there at the right. end, um, there's that 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 outlook is positive that right. we can get back to that because it was working mm-hmm. really effectively. For and us. we're coming into into the summer months, which which always helps with right with some of that mood and right. and giving kids getting into summer break and right. their moods lift, and then so it right. gives you a chance to catch right. up. Yeah, yeah, and then you know, in addition to that, we put um, intervention specialists in our school, especially at our middle schools and our high schools. Mm-hmm. So all of our schools have access to an intervention specialist who can even do more work to to support kids. Mm. And then, you know, you kind of touched on this a little bit, but our professional development Mm -hmm. in that area has been significant. We've done a lot of work around trauma-informed practices um, and ACEs, Mm -hmm. um, adverse childhood um, impact and effects, Mm -hmm. um, because that's that's critical for us to know about and how to deal with it. Mm -hmm. So we've done a lot of work around that. And so from a, from a social emotional aspect, that's been, those have been our priorities. That's Mm -hmm. where we've put our effort forth. Right. And, and again, I think we continue to do that. We're going to see the benefits of that. Mm -hmm. Um, We've got a a curriculum that we use second step. That's part of this initiative. And the second step initiative talks to students about respect and it talks about kindness Mm -hmm. and it talks about how to prevent bullying mm-hmm. um, in schools and, you know, uh, decision-making, you know, how they make the right decisions, whether mm-hmm. it's around, you know, the food we're going to eat or or the potential for drugs or smoking or, right. or things like that. So that's been a, that's been another addition. Yeah. So it's, it's a real focused effort on the social emotional needs of our students with the realization that again, if we can get them in the right place, then they can learn. Right. Which then brings us to this concept of high quality instruction. Mm-hmm. We um, we've really focused. I think the I think the key for us around high quality instruction is around PLCs, and you can ring your bell, Bing, right? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> PLCs stand for professional learning communities. Okay. And um, every Wednesday in the district, we have an, an hour late start. Right. And what that is, is that enables our teachers to meet in their professional learning teams. Okay. Um, so for instance, if you were at a primary school, all of the second grade teachers mm-hmm. are meeting together. Mm-hmm. All of the third grade teachers are meeting. Um, at a district level, all of our art teachers Right. Have the opportunity to meet because, you know, you, you go to a school and we might have one art teacher at right. each primary school. So they don't have a team at the school. Mm-hmm. So they meet at a district level. Mm-hmm. And in, um, in high school, you know, all of the social studies teachers are meeting. All of the math teachers are meeting. Mm-hmm. And if you do any of the research around education, you'll see that the number one way to increase learning and to increase instructional proficiency amongst teachers is for them to work together. 
and to learn from each other. Right. And so that's what this does. This allows them to work together and learn together. Um, again, we have we have great teachers, mm-hmm. and 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 they have a lot to share. Right. But. In the past, you know, the history of education is you're in your room and, you know, I'm in my room and, you know, I teach, I do it the way I do it and you do it the way you do it. Well, it's coherence still, right? I mean, even coherence and what they're teaching. Right, right. As opposed to... But, you know, when you think about it, even from an equity standpoint, Mm -hmm. even from an equity standpoint, you know, the success of a student shouldn't depend on the luck of a draw on whose teacher, what teacher they get. Right. You know, or, you know, the, again, and I've said this many times, I think we, we may have even talked about it, that, you know, the, the experience that a second grader gets in Yakult mm-hmm. shouldn't be any different right. than the experience that a second grader gets at Pleasant Valley or, or mm-hmm. Captain or, or Tukes mm-hmm. or Maple Grove. You know, those experiences. So we need to learn to each other from each other. Right. We, you know, one of the things that I've tried to impress upon our staff is that, you know, we're all human too. It's okay to fail. Right. Because this concept of we can learn as much from failure as we can learn from success. Um, as long as we're, we're, we're taking, you know, we need to take right. some risks. Yeah, we, we only really learn from failure, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> just like how, right. how, how learning works, you know, um, uh, I can't remember if we've talked about this, but you know, we, one of the, I, I do a little bit of reading, obviously not nearly as educated as you on the, on education, but you know, with students who, you know, with test taking and mm-hmm. when, when the test is the fun, you know, is the final thing. And that's when. But it's really the first time you learn whether or not you know something, right? And then not so a lot of our you know a lot of our daughters' classes now they have the opportunity to go back and, and make up you know retake the test right. and fix right. things, right? Which makes a lot of sense because right. now I know what I don't know. Yes. Then the teacher can help me learn yes. what I don't know, and I can go fix it and I can try again. Right. Right. Well, I wasn't like that when I no, grew up. <laughs> no, and that's getting that's getting past that mindset right? too. Yeah. For us as professionals, we need to get you know one of the big very um, you know my background is special education mm-hmm. and one of the big theories that I've always prescribed to is this theory of learned helplessness. Mm. You know, and if you go back into the studies, and I forgot who it was, maybe it had been Piaget or somebody like that, you right. know, this idea, you know, they they would have dogs in a cage and they would open up the cage and every time the dog tried to leave mm. the cage, it got zapped, right. you know, and and after a while, they would open up the cage and the dog was just like, <laughs> it's not no, worth it. No, thank you. No, I'm just going to stay here and right. be sad. Mm-hmm. And you know, to some extent, and I'm not, you know, in no way am I. We're trying not shocking to, our kids uh, in the right, schools, right? <laughs> right. But but you know, if 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 our approach is, mm-hmm. you know, hey, if you fail, you know, right? Bam, yeah, comes the consequence, and mm-hmm. the consequence is never good. Mm-hmm. You're you're gonna see, you're gonna see, and I know there's a level of accountability. Right. So that's the art of it, mm-hmm. right? Is Finding that balance between the accountability and 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 you know just you know the the, the consequences that knock a kid off their feet, mm-hmm. but but this idea that you know we need to encourage and we need to encourage risk taking and we need to say okay that didn't work right let's try something else yeah and let's see what we go so mm-hmm. 
So, you know, along with our PLCs, we've started using this book called uh, Teacher Clarity Playbook, which okay. really is about best practices for instruction. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of a guide for our PLCs. They mm-hmm. use that book a lot. And, you know, they talk about the different chapters and about, you know, about things like common assessments and learning from common assessments. Because how great is it to, you know, this concept of common assessments? Mm-hmm. So, so let, me, let me pause for yeah. a little bit and explain that. So I've got a team of um, math teachers mm-hmm. at um, Prairie High School, okay. for instance. And and um, they teach, they teach a unit together, and then they give them a math test. Mm-hmm. And and they give, they all give the same math test. Right. Okay. And then they look at their scores and they go, wow, you know, David, you had, you had the best scores of all of us. What were you doing? Right, yeah. What so so now we've got we've got some common language mm-hmm. to talk about. If if you teach something different and mm-hmm. I teach something different and our neighbor teaches something different and the you know the fourth member of our team teaches something different and then we give a test. Right. It it's it's meaningless right. to us. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't help. It might it might inform our individual practices, but it's not affecting us as a team. Mm-hmm. So, so those are the kinds of things that we're working on in our PLCs yeah. and just this yeah. idea of, you know, how do we best reach kids? But then in addition to that, um, also as part of our coherence work in terms of high quality instruction, you know, one of the things that we know for certain is this idea that we have to provide our schools with, um, with a guaranteed and viable curriculum. Right, and yeah. what I mean by that is, you know, if we're going to be measured, for instance, by um, SBAC tests, you know, smarter balanced mm. tests, um, you know, and that's the way the state's going to say, "Hey, Battleground is doing well." Okay. Then, then we need to have curriculum that's aligned with the standards mm-hmm. and and the, and you know what what we're supposed to be teaching. And that's not always been the case in Battleground. I think part of it is because of our struggle passing levies. Right. And I don't know if. A lot of people even realize the cost of buying. Yeah, a I didn't realize how expensive yeah. curriculum was yeah. until until you told us. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we just purchased you know a couple of years ago. I think it's now it's three years ago. We purchased K eight math curriculum for the entire district, and it was over two million dollars. Hmm. You know, and the reality is is that it 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 lasts for about eight to ten years. Back right. in. Back in our day, I'm a little older <laughs> right. than you. But, certainly but I probably ba- had the same books because of where I went right. to school. <laughs> I remember the big thing was, right, is that you opened the book and you had oh, yeah. the, the names yep. were written in mm-hmm. there and you got to see if your like, brother had it or your sister. Oh, yeah. or your- all of our books growing up, I mean, all the, the names went well beyond the list and yes. started coming down into a yes. second column. Yes. And- <laughs> yeah, because you could, you could have a textbook that was, you know, 15, 20, 30 years old. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, that doesn't happen. Number one, I think because of, you know, the there's the, there's always an online component to a right. curriculum. And so when you purchase a textbook, you also purchase the online materials right. and, and the publishers, you know, to they're, they're not stupid. <laughs> they, they don't allow those online components to continue right. a long time. It seems, though, that there ought to be, like, somebody, some curriculum creator should come up with a... A monthly subscription, yeah, and then and then it just stays up to con- yeah. up to date all the time, and you're just con- paying. There, that. there are some public domain curriculums out yeah. there that we have looked at, but you know, there's there's irony here because a successful 
public domain curriculum, you know, mm-hmm. a, a free resource. Yeah. Guess what happens to it? It gets it gets confused. gobbled up. Yeah. It gets gobbled up by the company oh, they offers. Bought, yeah. <laughs> they get bought out, and the next yep. thing you know, you're paying for it. Right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so that's a little bit of irony right. there. But but we have to ensure we mm-hmm. have to ensure that all of our courses, you know, and when you think about it, it's a lot. You know, you've got your K eight courses, and you've mm. got English, and you've got math, and you've got social studies, and you. What was got one you were telling us about the middle school history? Is that the right. one? Yeah. We, we right. We currently have a middle school history um, curriculum that. You know, President Clinton is the current is, president. Is the current president <laughs> in there? I yeah. think it was 1997. And how much is that going to cost to replace? No, and you know, because because we're talking about you know, uh, it's not going to go to every grade level. Right. It's going to you know, that's that's probably a three hundred, four hundred thousand yeah. dollar purchase still though. And we're we're working on that. A lot of our curriculum adoptions we put on hold mm-hmm. during the COVID pandemic right. just because. There's a lot of work that goes into it. Number right. one, the adoption process is significant. Mm-hmm. But number two, um, you have to do training for teachers. And it was difficult during right. this time to yeah. do all of those kinds of things. So right. so we worked on we, we worked on that. So we're 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 getting our guaranteed and viable curriculum in in all of those areas. And Good. and it's yeah. been a great investment for mm-hmm. us. Um, another thing that we're doing is we've got instructional coaches. We've got instructional coaches at our primary buildings. All of our primary buildings have an instructional coach and, and at our middle schools. Mm. And what this person does is that, you know, they've been trained in how to work with teachers and how to uh, affect teacher change. Mm-hmm. And, and um, they go on a, on, it's on a voluntary basis, you know, with some encouragement. Mm-hmm. Um, they go into classrooms and work side by side with teachers mm-hmm. to help them improve their practice. Good. So yeah. that's been... That's been really effective. Right. And then in addition to that, you know, I mentioned it for the social emotional side of things, um, but there's also that professional development that needs to occur mm-hmm. in terms of best practice, right. you know, and we'll, we'll train teachers, we'll work with teachers on, you know, differentiated instruction, how to work with special ed students, how to work with ELL students, how to develop common assessments, mm-hmm. um, all of these ideas that are out there but basically in a i was going to say in a nutshell but you know we've been talking for 40 minutes right um you know that's that's been our focus on the coherence work mm-hmm. and as i said we rolled it out right before i mean i think i visited my last school to really emphasize the coherence work in february and then in march you know Pandemic, right? Pandemic, yeah, <laughs> right. So, so it's 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 a, been on pause. We've still been we've still been moving forward, mm-hmm. um, but you know it's been slower than than we needed it to be. But I am hopeful that by focusing our efforts on this work, this important work on on really this idea of instruction and the effect, the positive mm-hmm. effect we can have on kids. Uh, we could see some, some, you know, some really gratifying um, results. Yeah, it, it sounds like the difference between um, a tug of war and and a team of horses. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Good, good. Yeah, you've got. Yeah, instead of you know, everyone's People pulling on the same rope right, in different opposite directions. Opposite directions, right? But now we're getting everyone going at least right. in the same direction. Right. And when you when you think about that from a district office perspective. You know, whereas before, you know, it was impossible for us 
if everybody's right. working on, you know, their thing, mm-hmm. you know, what makes their school, what they think, it's difficult for us to support that work. Right. And that is the primary that, that, you know, I, I recognize, I mean, the, 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 the cliche thing to say is that, you know, um, we, we're making every decision, uh, um, for kids, right. you know, what's, what's best for kids. Mm-hmm. And, and that is true when you look at the overall sense of the district, of mm-hmm. course that's true. Right. But, but really that's more true at the level where they're working with mm-hmm. kids from a district perspective, you know, we need to make decisions that's going to be the best for the system mm-hmm. and best for the buildings and best for the people that are working with kids. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm not in a classroom, right. you know, the best thing that I can do is help the teacher mm-hmm. who's in the classroom. It's help the secretary who's helping to run the school. It's to help the custodian who's helping keep the, you know, that's my job right. is to help those people. And that's the mentality that we tried to get through at district office is, you know, our job is to help them impact and affect kids. Right. Same thing. It's similar to the social emotional learning. You know, if if teachers aren't aren't feeling supported and right. encouraged right. from from the top down, right. then that's going to create chaos right. in their right. ability to teach and do. Yeah. And one of the things that I you know I'd be remiss if I didn't mention it is one of the foundational principles of coherence is that the work comes from the middle. It's okay. not a top down system. Okay. You know, and that's that's through that mm-hmm. collaboration and by listening right. to people mm-hmm. and knowing what they need, um, and and involving them in the discussions too. I mm-hmm. mean, that's the way. That's you know, I don't know if it works because <laughs> you know uh, we're, we're we're trying it though. But that's right. my commitment. Mm-hmm. And what I believe by that is, I don't want teachers to be. Um, accountable because I told them they need to be accountable. Right. I want them, I want it to be an internal, right. You know, rather than an external accountability Mm -hmm. an internal accountability. Mm -hmm. And that's, and that's what we're, and, and you know, most of, most of our staff thinks that way. I think if you get into this profession, you are always your, your own worst critic, right. You know, you're hardest on yourself Mm -hmm. and that's the reality. Um, so you know, I think that that happens naturally, mm-hmm. but, but that's what we need to, you know, we need to listen. We need to listen. We need to collaborate. We need to be in this together. It goes along that same theme, you know, yeah. that I've talked about with our, with our community and with mm-hmm. our parents, this idea of we work better when we work together. Right. And the same thing is true for the staff and the buildings. Mm-hmm. We work better when we work together. Right. And that means we've got to listen and we've got to be kind and we've got to be compassionate and we've got to be understanding and, mm-hmm. You know, we have to, um, um, uh, you know, understand that, you know, it's not always uh, simple or easy work. Mm -hmm. It's tough. The the good work usually isn't. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 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 Great. Well, thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. Now you know what Denny has in mind when he uses the word coherence. You can hear just how important it is from a district level and the trickle-down effect that it has on all the schools, students, and employees in the district. Everyone on the same team going in the same direction. We'll be back next week with Antonio Lopez, the principal of Glenwood Heights Primary School, who will be joining us to talk about deep kindness. If you have a question or a topic that you'd like us to cover on the podcast, you can send an email to info at bgcast.org. We'll do our best to not only cover topics that matter to the district, 
but also those that matter to us as members of the Battleground community. You can also join our mailing list by going to bgcast.org, where we'll post the episodes and any additional information necessary. The BG Cast is a production of 6-8 Media in partnership with Battleground Public Schools.